Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. Guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15 year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Zoe is here for the lowdown. It is, of course, Thursday morning, so Zoe is here. Zoe is, is about as consistent as it gets, Wolf, and uh, always brings the energy, so no pressure, Zoe. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a not at all. Kind of a downtime right now around. Uh, I, I look Cardinals. forward to it. It's not. It's no. It's never no pressure because I'm always prepared for the most part. See? You know, and I'm in here talking to some guys that I enjoy being around. So it's just talking ball, having some fun, and uh, just enjoying the day. Zoe, Zoe, Zoe does prep too. Like you walk oh, by yeah, before, totally. he's, he's like he gets here a little bit before the interview and he's he's well you know you know when i'm walking around of of course right in the not so beautiful part of the program i start walking you get the blood flowing that type of thing right there and i walk by the office and i man i thought i saw something out of the corner of my eye walk by it again and man it, there definitely was somebody in there <laughs> the third time i walked around i stopped and said hey that's so hey what's up so, yeah Gets here earlier than we do for the yep. show. Uh, all right, so the uh, the game on Monday night was uh, was ultimately secondary because Kyler Murray goes down in the third play. Obviously, right. done for the year. We don't know when he's coming back. Even uh, next year, there's no way to know that yet. It's not like they, they, they even know. Um, I always turn to you on stuff like this because you were in the locker room and I'm sure you dealt with situations like this where you lose a teammate like that. Yeah, I just let's start in the moment in that game. Your three plays into a game, I thought the Cardinals actually I know they lost but I thought in the moment and for the first half they they bounced back and played with emotion pretty well right yeah I mean I think they overcame that situation um as well as you can um right and, and sometimes you know it can inspire guys hey let's do this for Kyler and hey, we lost our quarterback early in the game let's kind of galvanize around that um that that tragedy in, in a way and it, and it brings guys closer obviously they weren't able to sustain it right when you play the New England Patriots you got to be able to sustain something like that for four quarters or they find ways create ways to beat you um because I think that's their their kind of hallmark they're never going to beat themselves rarely do they beat themselves and they're going to take advantage of every single mistake that you make. Um, which is, you know, with that said, you know, it's just unfortunate for Kyler Murray. Um, you know, I obviously wasn't a quarterback, but I, you know, I missed 13 games. I tore my list, Frank, early in the season, and I was able to get back for that next year. And just knowing from my my foot, which the, the Liz Frank, they they call it similar. It's like the ACL of the foot, you know, obviously the ACL of the knee, and and um, it took it's me some it, yeah, time. some time. Wild. I mean, I was out there the next year, but I wasn't out there the next year. Yeah. If you know, kind of catch my drift where I could physically go out there and try to run around but it was still pain, it was still discomfort um, and obviously, you know the disconnect between what in my mind I wanted to do and my body was allowing me to do 
was a was a significant process, and I'm and I'm sure you know every guy that sustains those type of injuries that have surgery that's going to miss a significant amount of time um, goes through that process. And so I know he's in that prehab you know process right now where you're kind of trying to minimize some of the atrophy because when you have surgery, and you have to sit down for a little bit. You have a lot of atrophy, so the quad sets, you know, getting getting that muscle nice and, and, and juiced up. So when he has some downtime, he comes back, and you can kind of start that rehab process a lot quicker. So they, this team has a lot of good people around them. You know, I know Brett Fisher's in there. Um, obviously, Tom Reed. Um, I did my rehab here, and I was able to get back. I don't know what Kyler's going to end up doing. But uh, with the advancements of science, and we've seen countless examples, um, he'll. I think he'll be fine, right? It's all about him. It's, it's, you, you hate to see it because you want him to still develop as a football player in that IQ, mm-hmm. um, which is going, this is, I mean, that's just, you know, putting that on pause for a while. So that's going to be his biggest hurdle in my mind when he comes back. I think he'll be fine mentally um, when you run around because it's not like he got hit and he's going to be shy from hits any any way differently than what he already was. It's yeah. not like he got blasted, right? Like a RG3 cut back and you get blasted and you tear your knee up. I think that's more mentally damning than uh, you know something happening you know you just non-contact injury. But you know obviously all those things will be hurdles but I think he'll be alright as far as that process. So what year did you do your Liz Frank again? Yeah I did mine. It was my and I hate it man. You know you sign your big deal you know you've always been that guy borderline man why are you bringing all these guys he's always hurt man he's not good I mean I come here I sign my deal third game of the season tore my Liz Frank yeah. uh, it was, and it was in that New Orleans game if people remember I think Sam Macho went down Okafor went down um, yes. uh, Rashad lost uh, his finger yes. right it was like a yes. crazy game oh, <laughs> but yeah. what year was that for you for that me was... I was, oh like nine ish somewhere okay, in so there you were a I was a little, yeah, I was a little bit older yeah no doubt about it do you think there's anything right now that could be ultimately it's never been Beneficial in the moment. It never is. No. The fact that you get hurt, this is, I'm not trying to say that it is. But when you look at it, the long view, when Kyler Murray looks back 15 years from now, yeah. do you think there might be anything beneficial here based on how he approaches it? Yeah, you know, I wish I knew Kyler better or more intimately to really answer that for him. I'll answer it for me, and I think there are blessings in those things, you know, me and you Christians, right? I'm always, yeah. at that point, I started looking for where how God was moving. Um, and out of that, actually, I had the time for me and my wife, we took a trip on a wedding and, and I had my, my, my eight-year-old Miles out of that trip, right? So that's a blessing out of it, right? That you're not even thinking about, but that's where that's what, one of the fruits of being her came, right? From a mental standpoint as a football player, um, in that time, I had just went to the Pro Bowl the year before, and for me, right, I think all Always our greatest enemy is ourself and success, right? And how we process totally. that. And I, and when I, if I, you know, honestly looking back and reflecting it after that season, I kind of loosened up, felt myself a little bit, right? And missing out on 13 games, right? Essentially losing my job. I think uh, we had uh, John Abraham that time. So when I came back, he had already solidified himself um, as far as being, I got Wally Pitts, you know, what people was calling it. Yeah. Then. That's he, had Bruce Aaron. Year, he had a great yeah. year. Great yeah. year when he came in and played, right? Yeah. We were kind of like a combo and then he got the full time and really balled out. 
but it really made me say, hey, you know, you you just don't know when this thing is going to be over. I mean, we even saw, you know, Cliff Kingsbury with a little bit of regret. Fortunately, I had the time to change and shift and not allow that moment to define to be the end of my career and I was able to get back. But once I got back, it was all about, like, where are those little incremental things? Well, first, let me lock in all the time, mm-hmm. right? You got the balance time. But when I'm in here, when I'm working, I'm going to be intentional. And then how can I constantly improve my game so that I can enjoy this as long as I can and hopefully, you know, which end up happening, I get to decide when I'm done with the game, right? I think if I didn't have that moment um, of being away from it and have to step back and being humbled once again in another different way, that I never would have reached there mentally and I probably would have been done with the game or the game would have been done with me maybe after that contract uh, stint while I was here. I mean, you had some pretty good years after that, too, right? How do you look back sure. on the years after that, knowing kind of what you had to go through just to get back there? Uh, I mean, I think that was a, a fundamental piece, right, in in understanding, um, again, that things happen for a reason and that I had shifted my mindset. And I, and, I, and I say this, too. I think the way I responded in that moment after having that self-reflection, I think it – because, you know, GMs don't do this. When I, and I, he's even said this on air where he came and found me at a combine one year in, in a Apologize for cutting me, right? And I think it was how I responded in that moment, how I continue to relate with my team, how I continue to kind of push forward and live a certain way that he was that he recognized that was worth doing. And I think that that in itself, right? I think my relationship with Christ and the men I had around me allowed me to be that person so that I could evolve and have an opportunity to eventually get to Buffalo and have 12 and a half sack seasons, right? And be a leader and help cultivate what they're going through right now, right? And um, a lot of that was out of the hardship of the moment. And so I say, don't shy away from hardship, right? Adversity, there's a purpose in it. And I think the way we respond allows that experience to be Obviously, it's negative, but a, a negative outcome where it's like destroys our lives or a way, a fundamental piece that we can build the future of our lives yeah. on. So this is why we always well, bring so Toe in man. here. All of a sudden, all of a sudden everybody feels better. <laughs> uh, we come back. Toe's going to stick around. We're going to go around the NFL a little bit. A big Thursday night game tonight, uh, an injury update for the 49ers. And we gotta we got to get into what Micah Parsons said about uh, Jalen Hurts as well. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Nothing like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Lorenzo Alexander is here for the lowdown as we look around the National Football League and specifically at tonight's game, uh, big NFC West game. The 49ers have been extremely impressive. They look like one of the, I don't know, four best teams in the NFL, four or five best teams. <laughs> but so we're at this weird spot now where it's like, boy, I sure hope if you're a 49ers fan, boy, I, I sure hope Brock Purdy can play tonight. And that's not something you would have thought a month ago or certainly at the start of the season. Sounds like he is going to play tonight. That was a question. The 49ers are in Seattle, and I know I'm asking a defensive player this, but when you are built the way the 49ers are around defense and being able to run the football, I mean, I I see a Super Bowl contender, which I know is weird because Brock Purdy, it's your third-string quarterback. No matter who it is, it's your third-string quarterback, but do you see them potentially going that far? 
Yeah, I mean they're just built different. Um, and obviously, you talk about the defense, and I'm and I always say, why aren't every team focused on defense, right? <laughs> you know, we're in a quarterback, you know, uh, driven league, and so I get it. Everybody wants to see points, but at the end of the day, if I can stop you from scoring more points, most likely I'm going to win games. And I think that's why. And, it, and if you look at it, like all the play, typically playoff teams, perennial teams. They have great, strong defense. Teams that have won yeah. throughout, you know, decades, they typically have strong defenses. Um, and, you know, obviously their offensive component is is, is, a, is a piece of it, but we always say defense wins championships. And, and when I say that, it's not me just saying it. I truly believe that, you see right? I'm taking the ball away. I'm giving it back to my offense. I'm stopping you from scoring points, right? I'm controlling the game. I'm being probably more physical than you are. All of those things that add up to winning games. Um, um, and when you think about Purdy being able to step in, which is a third-string quarterback, I think about just having an organization that has done a couple of things that has first built great, great culture, right, to be able to absorb uh, being on your third-string quarterback. We actually had that here when, when Carson, then Drew went down, and then uh, uh, we might have been on our fourth string. We still went to the playoffs. We still had a good team. We didn't go that far. I think the 49ers' defense is better than the defense that we had when I was here um, during that time. But that speaks to that, right? Great culture, great personnel, and then secondly, player development, right? And so for a guy to step in and be ready to take that that mantle as a quarterback and hearing the veterans speak about him before he even does it, right, and what they've seen from the, this young man, um, I think speaks volumes just to the player development and what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have been able to do over there and create over there. And, I mean, they've been dealing with injuries, I mean, it seems like every year. And they're always, for whatever reason, are pretty um, – they're, they're in the mix. They're relevant, right? Um, even if they don't win. I know one year they had a whole bunch of guys, but they still was a physical football rounded, team, yeah. right? And you always had to come with your big boy pads. It wasn't like a, a check off on the win. I think that speaks to what they've been able to create over there. You know, it's amazing about it. I'm just thinking of some of the head coaches in my past, of course. And uh, Bill Belichick was a guy that believed, give me defense and a punter and I'll be in everything. <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. A, one of those deals right there. Defense and a punter, that combination right there, a really good one, and you'll be in every game. Very interesting. To me, when I look at the 49ers right now with Brock Purdy as their quarterback, it's just um, it's truly a testament to the talent that is on their roster right now, that you're going to lose Debo Samuel. Right. You, you've you lost Debo Samuel for about three, four it's weeks. Like they're somewhere hoping to get there, him back before the playoffs. Hoping basically. to get him back before the playoffs, and now all of a sudden you're on your third team quarterback, third string quarterback, man. Who's also a rookie. Um, it's not like it's a vet that's your third string quarterback. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. You're going to go out and you're going to actually remain, I don't know about this, guys. I really don't. You're going to you're gonna remain relevant once the postseason starts. I don't see that happening because at some point in time, you're going to need your quarterback to win a game. I think in the postseason, you're going to need that. So when yeah. you talk about Super Bowl and and winning a Super Bowl, I, I I'll have to see it to believe it, and that's not an attack on Brock Purdy at all. Right, but I think when your defense is is as high end as theirs are, elite, and they're getting healthier, the amount of plays you need your quarterback to make 
become smaller, right? Trent Dilfer, right? That's all you need, right? Right, and I and maybe the yeah, right. He had like twelve passes one year, and you know, on their run to the to the Super Bowl, yeah. um, when they played the loss to the Chiefs. Did they lose? Who did they lost lose to the Chiefs? Chiefs. Yeah, yeah they lost were to the Chiefs. Up in the second half, of right? The game too. So there, when you have an elite defense, um, I think just the. Yeah, I, I don't need you to be Patrick Mahomes, right. right? I don't need you to be Josh Allen. I don't need you to be all these great quarterbacks. I just need you to manage the game, which isn't a bad thing. And then when you have your opportunity and it's a deep ball, you can't overthrow the guy by five yards, right? You got to be able to control your emotions in that in that space. So I think that's why the defense is so important in this in this sense. And I think they will be relevant because I'm not asking you to do something that you're not capable of. Mm. I just want you to manage, do what you continue to do. And you have to preach this because some guys, I think this. This is where most teams or most young guys, and I fell victim of this, when you get to the playoffs, you feel like you got to do something vastly different than what you did all year. And if you have to do that, you're normally going to play out yourself, you're going to press a little bit, and you're going to make mistakes. And so just keeping him kind of reeled into who he is, obviously continue to develop him, but make sure I understand, hey, hey, I know we're playing against the MVP Jalen Hurst this week, but you do not need to be him. You're not competing against him, all right? The defense got him. Mm-hmm. You do you on offense maintain this get the ball to the playmakers and we'll come out victorious in this game yeah this is why Zoe could be a coach should be a coach um, Micah Parsons since you brought up Jalen Hurts so this is Micah Parsons on the Vaughn cast yesterday or Tuesday with uh, with Vaughn Miller just want to get your reaction to this and how you think it's going to be uh, responded to by Philadelphia is it Hurts or the team <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both, man. I think it's, a, it's, I think it's, a, it's, it's system and team. I think it's a little bit of both, man. I'm not, I'm not trying to make no enemies. I I just like I just love the game so much, and I understand it so much that like I can't. I, I like I, like when things are off, I, I just can't like hold it in. Like I almost gotta say something. Okay. I didn't think that was that bad. They're no. losing their minds in Philadelphia. So what did he, I mean? What did he say? I almost feel like I gotta say something. What was to say something that I think it's team and him? It is both. That's where most of the time you get MVP, you get right. accolades. You got to have both. Uh, I don't understand that. I really don't. Um, why is that such a big deal? Well, partially why? it's Philadelphia. You well, got to factor yeah, that in. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah but it is. There's no doubt it's both. But Jalen Hurts has performed at an incredibly high level. He's got the higher, highest passer rating in the National Football yeah. League right now. Okay, that's and no, double-digit rushing touchdowns and, on top. Exactly of it. right, yeah. and that's no fluke. You watch him play, man. He does a great job quarterbacking. He is the quarterback rating for me. Once again, it's an excellent measurement of how a human being is playing quarterback in the National Football League. It is right. more times than not. You go look at the top ten over and over and over again. There are the usual suspects. Correct. There's a reason why that quarterback rating, when taken over a large sample size is a pretty good indicator as to how you're playing. Yet at the same time, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles in particular. Man, that offensive line is strong. Oh, yeah. Big physical. My, I mean, you think about Sanders. I mean, he's one of the top rushers in the league the way he's running, Miles right? Sanders right. I mean, he's one the, of the more underrated guys, right? right. Receiver. We Balanced. all know how dangerous <laughs> they are at the receiver position. Right. The, their defense as well, their secondary is excellent. Their 
pass rush is excellent. The only question mark I, I've had all season long is when you hammer them straight down the box. When you go right at them, how do they do? Yeah, but now that might be the one Achilles. They're getting up on teams by three touchdowns Correct. by halftime. So now, now you can't even really run on them in the second half. And we've seen that from the Kansas City Chiefs, right. too, and how they play. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, when we come back, the Cardinals have dealt with a lot of adversity this season, and it's not uh, slowing down this week. We'll get those thoughts on how you should navigate a year like this. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Seen that like this. Lorenzo Alexander, 15-year NFL veteran. And he is going to get sacked. Lorenzo Alexander, the former Cardinal. The Lowdown with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Welcome back to the show. Lorenzo Alexander is here for the Lowdown as we... Kind of focus on uh, on what you just heard Sarah Cazell talking about in her update there. Uh, Zoe Wolf and I were talking about this earlier in the show. This this week in particular feels like it, it, look the Cardinals. I felt like they got eliminated three weeks ago, and it felt like they got eliminated again two weeks ago. And then on Monday night, it was like okay, you got eliminated again, and also you lose your quarterback for who knows how long. And now you got the Steve Kime stuff as well. And and these are just the latest in the list of of things that have gone beyond football this season. You know, some bigger than others, but that have surrounded this team, honestly, since all the way back before camp even started. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of it you can control and some of it you can't control. We were right. talking earlier, like, you got to identify what you can control and right. work on that. But you, a lot of this is also out of their uh, their hands. You know, I'm sure every season that you played in the NFL wasn't just perfect and everything went perfectly, right? You no, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not like uh, like uh, Max. You know, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't have a lot of seasons like Max. I, I think, That's uh, a solid riff. Yeah, I, I had, yeah, yeah, I wasn't that fortunate just to go into an organization that won all the time in Super Bowls. Can all be Max? No, <laughs> I played for the Washington Mr. Commanders. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it's all about, like you said, you know, um, identifying the issues that you can control, right, address them. Um, and then even with the stuff that you cannot control, Unless it's like, you know, I had a coach tell me one time, um, you're too short, right? I can't control that. And there's nothing I really can do about that, right? All I got to do is respond. This is when, when I was a D-tackle. My yes, D-tackle sure days. you're taller than both of us. Yeah, it's my D-tackle days when everything was bigger or better. I was, you know, a 6'1". 300 pound D tackle. They wanted me to be six five. I couldn't. I couldn't grow five inches or four inches and, and do anything about it, right? But I think there's still some things that you know occur that are out of your control that you can necessarily. It's about how you respond to that occurring. So whether it's an injury, right? Whether that's um, maybe a, a, a teammate that didn't didn't do well, right? So like for example, uh, just like when we watch JJ Watt and Zach Allen, right? If if, if JJ Watt saw Zach Allen, a young rookie who doesn't know what he's doing, right? Uh, uh, JJ can't control that, right, where he's at, but he can respond by like, hey, Zach, let's come hang out. Let's work together, right? So even like some of those things that as a rookie Buddha Baker, maybe he's seen a couple of DBs that, so in the offseason, the way I'm going to respond is let me invite them. Hey, let's come to AZ. Let's get some workout. Let's work out. Those are the things that this team can grow from with some of the leadership that's on this team as far as identifying things that are uncontrollable. Well, let me make them things. Let me put my imprint and try to control some of those things that are happening there to minimize uh, 
some of the downside things that I've kind of identified uh, throughout this course of the season. So that's how I would approach it. Um, and just always continue to kind of be who you are and don't let those those outside factors change the way you work, the way you look, uh, things, especially if you're a guy like a Buddha Baker. Have you ever seen uh, the sheer amount of distractions to this degree? Yes, I, I, you I have? told you I, I played for the Washington football team. Oh, commanders. my goodness. Yeah, there was Seriously? <laughs> I mean, yes. To this day, I've, um, I've never seen well, anything. Are you I mean, talking about Kyler in the offseason? You know, the scrubbing, of course, of his social media, the, the negotiations that happened there. Um, <laughs> James Saxon, of course. I, right. I, I've never experienced that. A coach and maybe. Being dismissed in the middle of a season. Right. Then the guy that actually took over him, Don Shumpert, he also left the organization. The guy that took over for James Saxon. Right. And then Sean Coogler, of course, and now Steve Kahn. Maybe I, honestly, not I, to the point where it became all public, to your point, of coaches doing things or players doing things. Um, obviously, this is a kind of a different era of you know what will get you fired and yeah, out sure. and how information gets out. Right. And so we had to deal with a lot of that stuff internally. And I may be even overlapping some seasons because we had a, you know, Donovan McNabb issue. We had RG3 issue, which is separated. Think about Albert Hainsworth. Right. We had the tragedy of Sean Taylor passing amongst a whole bunch of other stuff that never really got out yeah, that right. you had to deal with as a as a football player and you're on a 3-13 and 13 team um, and this is when I was a younger guy so I'm just sitting back kind of watching all this stuff kind of unfold and like man, ain't no way we gonna win um, you were 3-13 I've been three and thirteen. I, I think I, the worst I was four and yeah. Oh, I've been here we go. Yeah, I see, hey, see, I've been that. there. I mean, I've been there, and <laughs> okay. we are, and we were out of it uh, in so October. Three and thirteen. I got you both. Right. I'm yeah. So I understand. You know how 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 you can fight. I've been where they are at, right? And I, you know, and and the only way you can really get your way out of this is you have to work. You have to intentionally work your way out. Identify the issues. Make a plan for that and then adhere to those things and then hold each other accountable to kind of move away from this season. But as far as getting something out of this season in this moment, I mean, it's it's pretty just up in the air. All, all you could do at the end of the day now, I know, you know, is go out there and continue to play hard because you are being evaluated. I was on in, in Buffalo and we had a guy that did not play hard. And people can see it around around the league and, and he ended up being out of the league the next year. Yeah. The coach cutting from the team when he when we had a new head coach come in, right? Um, and th- so people see that. So you do have to continue to play and continue to fight and continue to play hard because it's hard to win in the NFL, right? Everybody wants to be one of those 14 teams that's in the playoffs, but more likely than not, you have a higher chance of not being in the playoffs, especially if you're on some of these bad teams. And so you have to always play at a high standard, uh, regardless of whatever the situation is. Again, don't allow things that you cannot control to impact who you are and how you go about your business. Well, I guess that kind of leads to my next thing of like, obviously guys talk about this. They look around, they're like, man, can you believe something else? Here's two more horrible bits of news just this week. Like when is, I mean, it's it's their job and it's their life. You got to be looking around being like, okay, this is getting out of control, but at the same time, you can't be feeling sorry for yourself because Denver's not going right. to feel sorry for you. So I guess, I mean, what, like, for example, to Steve Kime, right? What, as a football player, what what can I do in that moment that's going to change 
his Steve's situation, right? There's, there, there's nothing, Not, yeah. right? Obviously, it's going to impact me from a relational standpoint as far as me knowing him and caring about him and his family as a man, right? Depending on what that is. And I can control that by, you know, maybe reaching out. If I'm a veteran of whoever, how close I am, do things there. But... <clears throat> Again, we, we've been trained all our lives to compartmentalize things, good and bad. It, it works out good and bad. And this is just another thing that once you get in, when I'm working out, when I'm watching film, the thought of what Steve may be going through can't be in in the forefront of my mind, right? Doesn't mean I don't care about it. I'm going to deal with that when it's a time, right? Time and a place. And so you have to continue to learn how to do that. And life throws that at you at all the time, right? When you're at work and you may have something going at home, but you got to be focused here. Because if you're not focused here, that can impact even more so what's going on at home or even you being here doing what you want to do, yeah. right? And so it's, 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 it's a very complex, I think, layered thing when you think about the mindset of a, a, just a human being dealing with adversity. But that's why I think um, athletes are more prepared than anybody else because we're constantly coming up. These are like on layered on top of the adversity that football just throws at you every yeah. single day, it's right? normal season. Yeah, yeah. right? So, um, it, but it can build you if you handle it right, and especially if you have somebody in there that can help you learn how to handle it, you know, with some of these veterans that I know personally, that I know, like a Kelvin Beecham, love him to death, mm-hmm. know what type of duty he is. He can help a Lasita Smith kind of navigate how do you come out of this on a positive end. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love that answer right there. I really do. Um, it is going to come back to the player. It is going to come back to the yep. player and it's going to come back to the players that are inside that locker room going forward right now. Uh, up next, the Cardinals do have a game in three days, actually, against the team in a similar spot standings wise. How do they match up with the Broncos? The lowdown continues. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. All right, it's our final segment with Zoe here. So I want to—I know I teased—we're going to talk about the game against the Broncos, but I, I want to start here, Zoe, because I, I know you—you you have thoughts on this. This is from Hard Knocks last night. This is Cliff Kingsbury after the loss to New England on Monday in the locker room. I'll be the first one to say I made some calls, right? But the basic that we know how to do—it means a lot in these games. It's hard to overcome, and it continues to happen. It's getting it right in practice and holding each other accountable. All right, I treat you like men. That's how it's going to be. That may be a fault of mine, but I'm going to treat you like men. So we got to hold each other accountable somehow the last month because we're better than that. Everybody understand that? Like, that's it. We're better than that. And that's all I want to see for this group. The last month. Play your best football. Because I love being around you guys. I love coming to work every day with you. You practice hard. You fight your ass off for each other. But we have to do it right because we're giving away. Y'all get a break. I will say this, watching that episode last night, and I, I mean, I think it's been evident by these games. They obviously have some flaws as a team, but so they haven't quit on Cliff. You know, a lot of people, right. that's that's what you look for when a guy's about to lose his job. I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying, like, a lot of people want him to lose his job. I, I would say the guys on that team sure don't act like it. Yeah, I mean, um, before you kind of, you, kind of a, a different topic there, but... Um, 
you know, knowing some of the guys, it's kind of hard for me to even see. I'm like, who is who is that guy in the locker room that would even to see, even try to quit, right? Like from a from a superstar standpoint or a guy that you really depend on standpoint, right? And when yeah. you think about the guys, like I think about Kevin Beecham, right? Not going to let that D-line shut down. Think about J.J. Watt, not going to let those guys shut down, right? Think about Buda Baker, not going to let those guys shut down. You think about Hop, the way he goes about it. Not going to let the receivers shut down, yeah. right? So you, you pretty much covered all, James Conner, right? He's not, <laughs> he's not, he's built like that. And those are their, their leaders in those locker rooms. It'd be different if you had a guy that kind of kind of had he's he's talented but it's not all there and then that's when you kind of see that seeping in but I think Cliff has benefited from those men I just named that have that set the tone in those rooms where the guys respect those men and what they've done in this league and aren't going to shut down and maybe not and I don't want to discredit the relationship with Cliff but I think it's always more so about the relationship you have with your guys that's in the in the hole with you versus the head coach um, and now kind of going back to the comment where he made, uh, said about uh, I treat you like men and maybe to my detriment right um, well at first I think he was kind of shaming him a little bit like hey man I treat you like men do your job right because we always talk about uh, Bill Belichick you know yes. that's a wolf guy yeah. right right the impact that he had on his career being with him for a short time and it's always about doing your job as a man and I think that is because I think Bill Belichick treats everybody like a man right totally right? totally leaves you alone so it's amazing right so but the way he phrased that meant where I took the way I took it was I treat you like men I think some people take this so you can do what you can do on your own accord right I trust you to do what you're going to do and then that's it whatever you give me that's what you give me but that's not how I take what I'm going to treat you like men is. To me, it's like, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. We're going to lay it out. I expect you to do it. And if you don't do it, there's going to be some consequences yep. so, to that. Yep. There's going to be there some accountability some to it. Comes with it. Yeah. Right? There it is. And because there's consequences, I think, you know, he said that he's a player coach. That doesn't mean that I can't have a relationship with you. That may make it harder for me to cut you or something. But for me, for the consequences, because I know you, I have a relationship with you, I'm going to hold you to a standard. I'm going to have consequences because I want you to do well. Right? That's the way I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. And that's the way it needs to be approached. Yeah. Because if you let somebody, if you give somebody too much grace in the space of of the standard that we set, I'm actually treating you like a little kid, right? That's how I do my eight-year-olds, right? Yes. I told you, but you don't know the game. I got to give you a little a little space to grow. You got to develop, right? I'm, I'm not going to punish you. I'm not going to cut you or tell you can't be on my team because you're eight. When you're a grown man and I set this standard and you're not upholding your end of the bargain based on whatever that may be, there's some consequences that come with that. Amen. And that needs to be said. The same thing with calling guys out, right? You should be able to call a guy out. If I'm a grown man, I should be able to look at it, reflect on it, and be like, yeah, you're right, coach. I've seen Sean McDermott do that, right? I'm sure you've seen Belichick do that. Uh, right, Tom Brady, right? B.A. I got to be able to take it. So I treat you like grown men means something. When most guys say treat me like a man, it means, hey, be upfront with me, communicate with me. That doesn't mean I, I, want, you, I want you to allow me to do whatever I want to do. Right. But you got to, you got to, because the old, old NFL and Wolf and the coaches will walk by you and not even acknowledge you sometimes, no, right? right? No, I'm serious. <laughs> I think that's I, that has shifted, but that's more of a relational thing. That's not you treating me as a grown man as far as when it comes to a football sense, right? And I think that's what guys like. Now, I want to actually have a relationship with you. I want you to hold me accountable, but I don't want you to walk by me like you don't, like you ain't never seen me before. Yeah. So I, I think the way 
Cliff is treating or whatever that means in his mind yeah. from the way I took it needs to needs to shift. I'm treating you like grown men, but if you're not going to act like it, here go some consequences. And when you do that, it, and, and I think this is it too, because Wolf talks about the, the practices, right, being soft. Football is hard. If you make the game easy, there's a lot of pretenders that can kind of hang around yeah. and dilute what you really want to do. It's a great point. If you make football hard, training camp, it's and I, and I think a lot of a lot more guys can kind of sneak in because guys, when even when I was in the league with training camp, you had to be a grown man to yes. make it through training camp. Yes. Now you can kind of uh, squ- uh, hide your way all the way through, and then when stuff gets hard, it's like, man, I thought we was tough. Nah, <laughs> we ain't even experienced tough yet. So you are perfect. You are the perfect specimen to actually talk on this because you were the bridge. When that's what you just said you is what a lot of people bridge. fear the Cardinals have been missing. And it's like, yeah, Cliff's a good guy and these yeah. guys like him, but where's the second half of this? Yeah, so he has to be, I think, a little bit more firm. And yes. firm doesn't mean that no. I can't have a relationship with you. You it can do both. You have right? to be a screamer. Right. You, you have don't. to be a screamer. You can be, you can be firm, and they need to be firm because that, that creates the separation of okay, this guy, this guy's a man. This guy ain't quite there yet. Can we help him? Oh, he don't want to be helped. You gone. Simple. It's yeah. it's that simple. Right there. <laughs> that That's simple. exactly right. It, it was what I was talking about in regard to Cliff. He's got to be the alpha in the room. Doesn't mean he's yeah. got to yell. He doesn't scream. He doesn't need to threaten people. He doesn't. Do, Bill Belichick just did do, none right. of that. None of that. You were just gone. Yeah. If you didn't do it. Uh, well, I was watching Delaney Walker earlier. Uh, he was doing a little segment. I was on somebody's podcast and he, and Jim, this is before Jim got there. And he said when Jim came in, he just said, man, hey, I'm about to, I'm about to burn the grass. I'm about to burn. He's like, man, what does that mean? What does burn the grass mean? I'm about to find out who the snakes are. <laughs> right. And he turned the heat up. Right. <laughs> things got hard. I love that. Things love got that. hard. You start burning the grass. The snakes come out. Right. And you just, start seeing guys oh he's gone he's gone he's gone and Delaney said man or Delaney said shoot man we better start man we could be next man we better start doing and he didn't have to do nothing but just turn the heat up yeah. the standard the expectation how we practice right <laughs> yeah right and when you do that it separate it really separates guys because everybody's not made to play in the NFL you could be uber Amen. talented thank you that don't mean that you built mentally to handle that as well so that's how you got to start separating that cream because that cream is going to rise to the top. When that thing turn up, that's going to be right sitting right at the top. Oh, those are my guys. And then there's a couple of guys that are probably fringe, and they will get on the right side of the track once they start realizing the the, the, the environment that we're in. Okay, my man, I'm about to go follow JJ. Then I'm about to be at his hip everywhere we go. That's I'm about to go be with Kelvin Beach wherever we go. James James Conn everywhere. Buddha Baker. Buddha, can I can I can I be your roommate, Buddha? Right. That's what you start because doing. Leaders need yeah, you got you start following, you start jumping over in there even more wholeheartedly because you know that your dream is at stake if you stay where you're at. Yeah. And that's the only way you can do that is change the environment. Turn the heat up, burn the grass. That's the answer right there. What we've been talking about of okay, if you're not if you don't want to change the coach, I know a lot of people do, but if the team doesn't want to change the coach or you can't move all these players out of your you know, you're committed to this this situation you sure. have, that's what you can change right there, what he just said. Yeah. What you've you know, it's what you've been alluding talking to. Talking well. about yeah, he needs to be the alpha in the room. He's gotta be that. And it doesn't mean he's gotta change who he is. It doesn't nope. mean he's gotta yell and scream. He doesn't have to do that. He just has to be resolute 
in terms of saying and you're not going to do it. Set a, a you're not going to be here. Standard because period. you see it. I mean, if you just because you make things a little bit easier in camp, the Chiefs aren't going to make it easier on you in week one or Seattle in week five or whatever. But that means you're probably going to have to cut some guys that actually have some talent. You're going to yeah. have to do that. Right. Four but, nine, right? And I think guys think you have to sacrifice both. You have to, it has to be, it, you can have a talented and character guy. I mean, it's a ton around the league and I, and, and I always go to Buffalo because I was there. But before you had talented guys, but their character was trash, the team was trash when things got hard. They started bringing in guys like Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, I mean, Josh, I mean, just tons of guys that just great character, work hard, but uber talented. And in, in a mirror of three or four years, now they now the contenders after 17 years are not going to the playoffs. Why? Right? Because of the men that they brought in. They were talented, but it was more about the men that they were. You know who else is doing that, I think, in the NFC? The Lions. Mm, yeah, that's, that's another yeah. team, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Last month, yeah. they're, they're putting character in front yeah. of talent. So, this is great as always, man. Thank you for stopping by. Always, guys. Love it. Right on, Zoe.